Well, welcome back to our podcast. I'm here with Jerry Wyant, and my name is Jim Hughes, and this is The Gospel According to Jesus. And Jerry, we are opening up God's Word today, and I want us to think about a couple, three scriptures that pertain to what we're talking about. The first one's found in Mark 16, 15 through 17. And he said unto them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So we can stop right there and talked about this, Jerry, a number of times that the gospel has to be preached. We see all kinds of ministers talk about, call eschatology or end times. I'm just as excited about Jesus returning, but there's a there's an assignment that he's given us, and that's to preach the gospel to all creation, to all the world, and then the end shall come. So we have to preach it. You have to share the faith of Christ, the gospel according to Jesus with people. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. First Peter 4.10, And such one has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifested grace of God. And then Romans 12.6, However, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us is to use them properly. And that's going to be a word that we use here in our message a little bit more later on. If prophecy in proportion to one's faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, and it goes on from there. Our theme scripture throughout this series is found in Amos 8.11. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. And there is a famine. There's people crying out. They're not hearing the words of the Lord. You can just turn the TV on and it's all about prosperity messages. Really is a famine for God's word out there. So today we're going to continue, Jerry, in our discipleship series on the gifts of the Spirit. But in our last series of podcasts, we talked about hearing God. And this this is so essential about being and operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Paul gave Timothy instruction on prayer in 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. And we talked about being in fellowship with God and how important that is. You have to understand that God's speaking to you. And and that still small voice that we talked about in a couple of podcasts back. And you have to hear that still small voice. The scripture says, be still and know that I am God. So many times we want to flail around and make noise, but God wants us to be still and know that he is God. And in this series, prayer, we spoke about prayer and speaking with God is the key. Now listen to this, the key to know what gifts he wants you to function in. I mean, it's, it's not through osmosis. It's not because somebody else is doing it. It's God speaking to you through the Holy Spirit what gift he wants you to function in. So Jerry, in this series of messages, we're going to talk about something that you and I talk about a lot. You and I, you know, we fellowship about this, but it's the supernatural power of God. And this message is going to be on the gifts of tongues. So Jerry, what's, what's been your experience uh, since you've been a believer about the gifts of tongues? Well, Jim, I grew up in a denominational church and I was uh, sharing last week in a Bible study how my dad gave us exactly 60 minutes, the 
person of God to get through with his message. Or we were up and out of there. And during football season, he had 55 minutes, and then we were out of there. My dad didn't have much of a relationship with Jesus, nor did the rest of the family. And as a young kid, I was just as happy to go early as I was to stay there any longer as well. So if you can't hear from God in 55 minutes, then he doesn't really have much to say, huh? <laughs> well, our ears were pretty famined out. So I look forward many years later when I finally gave my life to Jesus Christ at the age of 34. And it was one year later, someone invited me to what they call a full gospel church. And I walked into that church because I was somewhat impressed by the spirituality of the people who had invited me. And when we got into the church, it was a whole different ballgame for me. But they believed in the supernatural, and I had no idea how it functioned. But people were raising their hand during worship, and I thought, boy, this is really, really weird. I saw a young lady begin to sing in an unknown language, is what they call it now. She was speaking in tongues, and she spoke in tongues during the whatever song was playing. And when she was finished, a person stood up, and he, I, at the time I wasn't even sure, but what he did was he interpreted exactly what she said in her tongues as she was worshiping God. And it blew me away. I, you know, I didn't know whether I was going to be comfortable with this scenario or not. However, I just felt the love of God in there, and I, and I realized this was really supernatural, but I just didn't know if I was fit for it or not. Through that, when they would go into prayer, some people would speak in English and some people would speak in an unknown tongue as well. They were speaking in tongues over the person. And I was very, uh, I was somewhat skeptical, but at the same time, I wanted that feeling that I felt when they were doing it. So I will go on later a little more of how, what happened when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I want people to realize I was a, a newbie, even at the, my mid-30s. I didn't have a clue for the su supernatural power of God. And the main reason is never read the Bible. I don't know how many of our audience let, read the Bible, but it's key to understanding what God wants to do in our lives and in the church, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I walked into a church the other day, and, and it was a, it was a big church. As I was walking in, uh, there was probably a couple thousand people. I, I, I looked around, and, and of course I had my Bible, but nobody had a Bible. They offered Bibles. In fact, in the old days, you used to see hymnals in the front of the pews or chairs. Now you see Bibles because nobody carries them into church. And I understand people have that, that on their phone, and I get that. I think the, the spirit of what we're saying is it's really about you and me and those hearing, getting into the Word of God, because you have to hear God. I mean, this isn't, if you're not hearing God, if you're not seeking God, if you're not dedicating your life to hearing what God has to say to you, then it really is just religion. And it's no different than going to the Moose Lodge or the Elks Lodge. You're just going through the motion. So, Jerry, the gifts of the Spirit are very much in operation today. And we talked about that last couple of podcasts. We believe this, and we want to make that clear those that are hearing this, that we believe God mentions this in his word, that we believe it. We believe it's an operation today. We also believe it's being squelched 
and you know, unbelief squelches this. These gifts are not going to operate in churches or meetings or whatever uh, gatherings if if it's not wanted. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's he's going to go where he's wanted. He's not going to push himself on you. You have to be in a place where it's acceptable. Jerry was talking about. He went into this church. People are raising their hands, and all of a sudden, this woman gives a message in tongues through a song, and and there's an interpretation, and wham, it hits him right in the in the spirit, and he knows it's of God, but he's not familiar with it. So you have to be open to it. The second thing is the gifts of the Spirit are used for encouragement. And as we're looking through this and we're looking at the gift of tongues, we look at this in 1 Corinthians 12.10, and to another, the effecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the distinguishing of spirits, and to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one... And the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. We're talking about the the gift of tongues, but also this coincides with interpretation because in the body, in a meeting, in a corporate setting where the body of Christ is gathered, whether that's a home, church, or, or a big building, outside, open-air meeting, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. The The gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues really go hand in hand. But always, as we mentioned before, it's it's a matter of encouragement. Jerry gave that great testimony. He was encouraged. He wasn't familiar with this. It was strange to him, but he was encouraged. His heart was encouraged. That's what it's about, right? I mean, that's so powerful, Jerry. I mean, our loving Father wants to encourage us. God isn't this mean old man in heaven with this bat wanting to beat you down? And I know a lot of people think that. That's what God is. He causes storms and hurricanes. And I just get so irritated when I hear this in some weather report. It's, a, it's an act of God. 10,000 people lost their life in this flood. No, probably an act of the devil. It had nothing to do with God because God wants to encourage us. God wants to build us up. God wants to strengthen us. And the gifts of the Spirit help us do that. And Paul says in Corinthians that each gift is given, now listen to this, for the common good. So remember, we talked about this last podcast. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, not the world in Corinth. He's writing to the body. He's writing to believers. He's writing to us. Gifts given by the Holy Spirit are to bring edification and encouragement. It can bring enlightenment and encouragement. The only way to know that is to seek God yourself in prayer. You know, Jerry brings this up every time, and it's so profound that we need to understand that you have to seek God. You have to open His Word. You have to. And I pray on my way to work. I pray on my way home. I pray when I get up in the morning. And then I'll be honest with you, I don't do it every morning. There's a time during the day that I do spend time with God. You have to establish that, right? Being in a church... Now listen to this. Being in a church that does not give you the Word of God or the opportunity to exercise this, here you are, you're praying, you're seeking God, you're wanting God to use you, you're wanting Him to give you, open up for uh, the gifts of the Spirit to operate in you. If you're in a church that doesn't believe this, if you're in a church that doesn't pronounce this and talk about this and encourage this, then 
then it's going to stifle your growth in, in Christ. So I just, as you're seeking God, seek God about both of those things. The gift of tongues is to bring encouragement to those in the body. It's not used for the world. It's used for the body. But when used properly, and there's that word again, meaning in the body of Christ, in the meeting, in a, in a home meeting, open air meeting, whatever it is, a gathering of believers in the body of Christ and followed by interpretation, this can draw the world that might be there into a place of giving their life to God and salvation. Well, wait a minute. What are you trying to say? You have a message in tongues and someone interprets it and people get saved? Absolutely. And I've seen this. And I'm going to give you one example. And this person is very close to me. This person went to a church. Somebody asked him to go. And so he went. And he really wasn't wanting to go, but you know, he didn't want to offend this person. But during the service, during worship, a message in tongues happened and then shortly followed by an interpretation. And that supernatural event convicted him, and he committed his life to Christ. He went forward, repented of his sins, asked Christ to come into his life, and became a believer at that point. So, I mean, it was a, it was a powerful experience. He called me all the way from Washington State when we lived in Port Lavaca. He called me. And he wanted me to know that. He wanted me to know what had happened to him, what, what he had experienced. And I was blown away by it. God moves in ways that sometimes just overwhelm us, but it's always for our, for our better good. So the gifts of various kinds of tongues is used in the body of Christ in a gathering or a church setting. Remember, Paul is writing a letter to the church. Now, with this particular gift, there are limitations, And this is where, Jerry, it's going to be some tough road to hoe here a little bit because people, you know, there's a certain group of folks that don't like limitations. (laughs) Let's just walk through this together and, and we'll see what I'm talking about. The main two are it's done in a gathering or a church service or, or where the body of Christ is. So what I, what do I mean by that? Well, chances are if you're in a board meeting at Dow or some other company, I don't think you're going to be inspired by the Spirit of God to give a message in tongues and then there be an interpretation. Now, I'm not going to put God in a box. He can do whatever He wants. But for the most part, what we see in the Scripture is this is done in a church setting and where the body of Christ is gathered. However that is, it doesn't have to be a big building. You know, it can be a home meeting, whatever. It is restricted to there being interpretation. So what am I saying? Typically, what I've seen in the past is the the pastor, the associate pastor, the elders of the church, they know their flock, they know their sheep, they know those that are walking in gifts, those that have the gift, and those that have gifts of interpretation. So they know when somebody gives a message in tongues, there's going to be an interpretation because there's also those in the body that have the gift of interpretation. So it's going to happen. It's going to coincide with one another. And that's pretty much how I've seen it. There's always the exception to the rule. I've seen it where a message in tongues happened and there was no interpretation. But for the most part, there's always been an interpretation and those people that are anointed to do that. So listen, let's listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. Therefore, let one who speaks in tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the mind also. I will sing, 
just like Jerry was talking about, I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the Spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say, Amen, at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you are saying? I mean, it's very practical what Paul is saying here. For you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not edified. Again, we get back to that. That's what Paul is trying to tell us. These gifts are for the body to bring edification, encouragement. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. This is the sure evidence that Paul was from Texas. I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in tongues. And of course, the exception to what Paul is saying here is if there's an interpretation. Remember, we leave selfishness at the church door and think about edification of the body of Christ. That is the main theme of Paul's letter. I was in a church service, and when I experienced this for the first time in my walk, and we were in worship, and the worship leader said, let us be still and wait on the Holy Spirit. And I remember this was such a dynamic church, and we would always wait on God. We would always wait on the Holy Spirit. Then within a couple of minutes, boom, this message in tongues came out of this person. And it hit me right in the heart. I mean, my pulse raised. I felt the presence of God. And then the interpretation came forth. And it was like a second hit of the power of God hit me. And it was so powerful. When it's done correctly, it just totally ministers to you. I was blown away. I was lifted up. I was encouraged. My faith exploded. The Holy Spirit could be wanting you in this. It could be wanting you to be walking in this. You must ask. We all have to ask, and we have to be obedient. So now, Jerry, the elephant in the room, what do you mean the gift of speaking in tongues in the church has restrictions? I'm in a church where people speak in tongues, and every time when the pastor or the minister is speaking, somebody gives a message in tongues. Well, if that's happening, read what Paul says here about the gifts. You might consider... If it being, there maybe needs some correction needs to be done there. So, so Jerry, what thoughts on that? I mean, you know, Paul is clearly saying that it has to be done in order. So what does that mean to us? Well, Jim, it's very simple. If I'm, and I go to a church that speaks, it has a Spanish service and it also has a service in English. The English service is on Sunday morning. The Spanish service is on Friday evening. But even in the English service, sometimes whoever's speaking will speak in Spanish. That doesn't do me any good since I don't speak Spanish very well. So when someone speaks in tongues, it's almost the same scenario because no one can understand what the tongues is except if there's someone that can interpret those, that tongue. And Paul's saying that that's fine. He said, let uh, one or two or a few of you that speak in tongues do so if there's an interpreter. If there's no interpreter, it's better to remain silent and allow prophecy or teaching to go forth. And that's very understandable. If I, was, if I sat in the Spanish service, I'd either have to learn Spanish or I would be totally lost to, as to what the message is. And that's what Paul's talking about there. Well, I was going to interject something. When we go to Guatemala, we go to these services and there's praise and worship and you know, there's things going on in Spanish, and a lot of times we don't understand what they're saying. We, we're kind of lost. Yeah, it's the same principle. 
I look back on my life and I was talking about denominational church and I couldn't tell you what the minister said in the church as I was growing up. I didn't have a big relationship with, with uh, God. And the only time I did is I felt like I needed to go to church during Lent, and I did every day. And yet no one ever came and talked to me. No one said, hey, how's your walk with Christ? It was just that I was on my own. And I didn't read the Bible at that time, but I could sense the presence of God when I went in. I know God was happy that I was given my best, but nobody else was responding. But I, I want to share my baptism in the Holy Spirit because I was asked if I was had been baptized. And I said, yeah, I was water baptized. And they said, no, we're talking about something different. And I said, well, I don't know what that is. And I was a baby Christian. And again, I was just trying to learn all these supernatural things that were going on in the church I was at. But they said, well, can we come to your house on Friday night and have a little Bible study? And I said, sure. A few people pile into my living room and nobody taught nothing. They just got up and said, who wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, I'll go for it. I raised my hand and he came over to me. He said, say this. He said, keep your hands raised. I had my hands raised and he said, dear Heavenly Father, I said, dear Heavenly Father, give me the gifts. Give me the gifts. I repeated and he said that Peter and Paul received and I, I didn't even get Paul's full name out. And all of a sudden, I began shaking like somebody plugged 440 volts into me. And I was just, uh, I didn't know what was going on. I was, I was totally freaking out in my mind. But I felt a, a sense of peace of somewhat. And all of a sudden, this language started pouring out of my mouth. And I thought, good grief, what is happening to me? But I, this sense of, of calm and this sense of peace was rolling over me while these, this language is coming out of my mouth, and it was full bore. It was it was loud, and it was strong, and it was powerful coming out of my mouth. And the next thing I know, I was on my back. I was slain in the spirit is what they would call it. And here I am flat on my back, and I didn't have a catcher behind me. If you know what a catcher is, there wasn't one. And I just went down, the big old man that I am. And when I got up, I just had all this love in my heart for everybody in the room. It was just incredible. It went from that and I've said this, I believe, on another podcast. I went from a me, me, me spirit to a you, you, you spirit. It changed my whole life. And so I began seeking what God wanted to do in the supernatural. So that was a baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I learned that I use that same prayer language when I'm speaking to God in my quiet time. And if you want to really feel the presence of the Lord, start speaking in tongues. Tap into him all the things that you are suffering with or fighting with or whatever the case may be. But once you begin speaking in tongues, the calmness comes over you and the presence of God just envelops you. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. And as long as it's done in order in the church, if you do it as you need, use that prayer language to God, use it on your own and get baptized in the Holy Spirit with that evidence. It'll change your life, I can promise you. And God has called the early church to do that. And I want to say that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, at the end of it, that most people use those scriptures to say that it disappeared. First verse in chapter 14, Paul says, he said, I want you all to speak in tongues, but I'd much more rather you prophesy. So it's so important that we understand in the 14th chapter, they said it should have quit on the 13th. 
but it's not going to stop. Tongues won't stop until Jesus comes again. Seek God in prayer for the gift that he wants you to use. I've, I've only been used in a message in tongues a couple of times, but I've been used a number of times in interpreting a message in tongues. So God can give you both gifts, but we want to leave you with this. God wants to bless you with a gift. He wants you to walk in the body of Christ with the gift, just as Jerry has been talking about. It brings enlightenment. It brings encouragement, not just to you, but to those that are in the body of Christ. So we're going to close out this message, and we just appreciate you listening to us. And so we really would like to hear from you via email, or or you can like these podcasts and let us know what you think about them. You can email me at jimhughes71 at hotmail.com. And Jerry? P-T-L. It's Paul. Tom Larrier, praise the Lord. My last name, W-Y-A-N-T at AOL.com. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future.